Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rings of Roasted podcast. I'm Jay Ashdown, alongside Julia Barth. Julia, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good. We got a uh, brand new season of The Bachelorette, Katie yeah. Thurston. How are we feeling about Katie being the, the Bachelorette? Well, I was kind of saying this to you already, but I like Katie. I like her a lot, even though I feel like some people weren't real like didn't really want her to be the bachelorette but some people did so i'm interested to see how she does right it's gonna be very interesting one thing that i like that they're doing is they got caitlin and Tasha there for her mm-hmm. which i mm-hmm. think is a very interesting dynamic obviously uh chris harrison is not there and we just learned the other day that he will never be there ever again yep <laughs> do we want to get into that a little bit uh yeah yeah I don't mind. Yeah, so Chris Harrison, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, backtrack to everything that happened to this situation. It's incredibly interesting and it's also incredibly frustrating. Um, so last season, Rachel Kirkconnell, who was I think she was the one that ended up with Matt, right? And then they like broke things off. Yeah, but now they're back together. By okay, the way. that's incredibly interesting. Uh, so she took, there's a photo of her at an antebellum-themed party in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Obviously a lot of backlash over that, for good reason. And then Chris Harrison kind of defended her. Right. In a, re- in a weird but way. He went on, he went on like, Ra- Rachel, um... Lindsay. Uh, Rachel Lindsay's, like, she has some sort of show. Yeah. And he went on it, and he basically defended her for like 10 minutes straight when Rachel was trying to question him yeah and like he said something amongst the lines of like uh, a couple years ago we didn't have these like woke police people <laughs> like right it's and like dude what are you talking about problematic yeah and it's it the comments were insensitive ill-informed and frankly, just stupid. Mm-hmm. And he got a lot of backlash for it, and he deserved it. But the frustrating part, I think, of all of this, though, is there's been problems with The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor Parrot, like the whole franchise, for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. And it feels like he's just absolutely being scapegoated. And I'm not defending him. It just feels like this is all incredibly convenient. Yeah, I I thought it was well. I thought it was interesting at the end of Matt's season. Obviously, he didn't do the final rose mm-hmm. ceremony or the final rose after the final rose. And then I was like, well, I'm thinking maybe he'll be back for the next season. Like I wasn't sure how that was gonna go. Um, but now it's looking like he's not gonna be back at all. And some people are good with that. Some people are upset. I mean. I could see both sides, but I feel like, honestly, he was he was ready to go anyway, so. That's that's what I mean, because we didn't really talk much about Matt's season because his season was so awful and boring to watch that we the last full season that we did, we talked about Claire and Tasha, and right. at some point in the middle, I think it was when he left to drop his son off at college and he wasn't there. There mm-hmm. were reports that he was 
maybe considering stepping down like it was you know hey this is my time it's up whatever uh time to move on to other things so having that in mind having known that he was considering stepping down anyways prior to matt's season makes this all just incredible it makes it frustrating in the fact that the bachelor franchise basically was like okay chris harrison who was already thinking about stepping down will get and i'm reading this from yahoo.com the number for the buyout in which like the settlement is anywhere between 40 to 69.9 million dollars jesus i did not know that that was that much wow it, it so when okay so I'm just reading this paragraph here while Harrison himself didn't say what the figure was on the check deadline which broke the news the host was officially out on Tuesday reports he received a mid-range eight-figure payoff and promised to keep his mouth shut wow so you know his lawyer was like oh we're gonna spill everything and then the bachelor franchise was like no you're not we're gonna give you a bunch of money so he gets a bunch of money Gets to leave the job that he was already thinking about leaving. Nothing really changes. And the Bachelor franchise gets to beat their chest and be like, see, look at us. We're, we are against racism. Yep. No, yeah, I agree. Because I think there's there's so much, there's so much more wrong with the Bachelor franchise than just Chris Harrison, obviously. Yes. It's just kind of their way to be like look, we're doing a good thing, like, we've, we've done what you've asked, but it's like, no, you haven't done anything, really, mm-hmm. to address the problems of racism and diversity in the cast and crew yeah. and stuff. It's sad. Because they didn't do it until the uh, Bachelor diversity campaign started. And the same thing happened with Survivor, too. There was a Twitter page that started for Survivor as well, and they didn't start committing it. To casting more diverse people until this past year so like you don't do anything until people push it down your neck and you sit there and and act like you're proud of the fact that you're making these changes and it's like i I don't want to be the guy that's like well you should have done it 19 years ago but i'm gonna be the guy that said you should have done it 19 years ago right and i feel like that the Bachelor franchise is so massive that it's like how I don't know how they've gotten away with all this for so long, to be honest. And it's you, good that people are now starting to, you know, push back. Yeah. And it's so huge, like you said. They get so many people to apply. I can't believe some of these dull casts that they've put out, like, over the years. Like, yep. Like, I, I thought that the, the cast for, for Tasha and Claire was pretty interesting. Tasha's season, I thought the the guys were great. Yeah. They were, and I've been watching, you know, for like a while now, like six or seven years, every season without fail. And they've kind of gone downhill, but Tasha's was like a, it definitely went up again. Those guys were great. And I'm happy to see that there's a little bit more diversity in this cast but you know the one thing i will say like and and this is a complaint that i have is not necessarily the lack of diversity now in terms of who they cast but it's the people that they cast in like different occupations like it's like we've got like 10 different like 
people who who are in like real estate. It's like you're cast okay, you you're casting more diverse people, but you're casting like ten of the same guys. Yeah, no yeah. I, I do think though, like lately, um like I know obviously a bunch of the the recent bachelors and bachelorettes have been older. That's mm-hmm. like in their thirties. Yeah. And so they've got older population applying to be on the shows, which I think is good. Because that's when you get the diverse job backgrounds. Because when it's all, you know, 20-something-year-olds, they're all going to be, like, influencers or real estate investors or whatever they are. So I think the older the older they're going, I think the better, honestly. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Because and, and this, and not to say, like, this whole cast has, like, the same job. Obviously, there's some different things in there. Um, like, I'm just looking at the cast. Brendan is a firefighter trainee. Okay, that's okay. nice. The one guy in Katie's season, this is the only one I remember, I think he got eliminated um, the first week. He was the one who brought her onto the RV. Yeah. Um, his job was surgical skin salesman. I'm looking for that right now. <laughs> and my siblings and I were like, crying. we're like dying laughing at that because we were like, what is a surgical skin salesman? Jeff. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, Jeff. He's from Jersey City, New Jersey. He's, yeah surgical skin i saw that and i was wondering the same thing and he also got a, a motivational speaker which is kind of nice brendan right. who's 26 i don't know if he's still on or not but he's the auto parts manager guy i feel like he oh, may okay. have been booted I don't, I don't know i don't remember there's only a couple that they're like the out. long hair like in the front oh yeah okay but there, there's not a ton of guys obviously because it's only been one episode who have like right. stood out, but um, I think you and I have one who definitely stands out. He's only he, he's from only one hour away from me, uh, Michael from Akron. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Seems like a super nice guy, a- and I figured out that I could like like him so far. I know it's only been one episode, but just his story. Um, he's a single dad who has a four-year-old son. And uh, his wife uh, passed away at the age of 33 from breast cancer. Yeah, that is a sad story. That's what I kind of said, like, because when he, obviously the first thing, or one of the first things he told Katie was that he had a son and, you know, his, his parents were watching his son. And I was like, I, I don't know why my, I automatically thought of this, because most single parents, like, that go on the show, like, are just like divorced or like split whatever mm-hmm. but I, for some reason i feel like this guy has like a really sad story to share and i feel like he's gonna get the chance to like i think he'll get a one-on-one with katie and that'll be a heartbreaking episode to watch oh yeah that's gonna be a grab the tissues kind of episode that they love yeah. to put on us yeah i like him though he seems genuine nice I, I didn't think he was gonna get the first impression rose like he didn't but i wasn't expecting him to but I think he has the potential to go far. Right. And there's also Connor B, the math teacher. Is that teacher. the cat? He, he is the cat guy. Yeah. <laughs> she liked it, I guess. I Yeah, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Just I just liked when the cameras would just, like, pan to him, and he would be looking very serious and, like, like intense, but yeah. he just had dumb. Like, it was yeah. too funny. <laughs> no, I love that too. Just imagine like sitting there like with a very stoic look on your face while you're dressed up like a freaking cat. 
No, I thought, okay, so she really likes the cat suit. Obviously, she must be a big cat person. I guess. I was surprised. I would have ran. I know, that's a little (laughs) bit, I I mean, I guess if you did research, but, like, if that were me, I would be a little creeped out. (laughs) But someone's got to dress up in something, you know? Yeah. I, I liked it. Like, I mean, it, it's different. It's creative. Like, I get a little tired of, like, the same thing over and over again with some right. of these. And I haven't even been watching the show that long, but there's some that I get. Right. Like, and, and he seems cool, too. Like, I think he got an intro at the start of the sh- episode, and I, he's the math teacher. Mm-hmm. And he, like, seems normal, like, and cool. So I feel like he can go far. I thought he was actually going to get the first impression rope, to be, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I figured it was either going to be him or Greg. Yeah, and Greg ended up. Greg, Greg is interesting to me. I feel like I don't think he would ever become a villain, but I feel like he could. He might be like kind of toxic. Yeah, like he might not get the villain edit, but he's definitely not going to shy away from controversy this season. There's no doubt about that. And a lot of people, like at least I've noticed, a lot of girls on TikTok and Instagram are already obsessed with him. Really? Like they're already posting like stuff on their stories about Greg since The Bachelor. And I'm like, this guy, this, he's too, like, he, like, looks like, like, a TikToker. <laughs> like, he does. He, he has that up. look. 100%. And back to Connor V for a second. The only thing that I could think about, like, while he was in that cat suit is, like, imagine being one of the students. <laughs> yeah. And you're just watching this dude, like, on your TV. He's dressed up like a cat, and he's making out with Katie on, like, live no, television. I, I was thinking the same thing, because, like, when they were making out, I was like, okay, like, what if he told his students, like, oh, guys, go watch for me on TV, and I end up <laughs> all watching, like, with their parents. Like, what the heck is this? I guess his students are, like, middle school, though, so, like, I don't know. I guess it's not that bad, but, like, I was like, imagine being one of the students. Yeah. So, I definitely wouldn't want to, like, want my kid watching that if they were, like, fourth grade or below. <laughs> no, no way. Like, I couldn't, ugh, I couldn't imagine. I bet his students would love him, though. Yeah, he seems like a really cool guy. Like, the, I'm looking at, so, we're still on the topic of occupations, and I'm looking at Cody. I don't even know if Cody's still here. Zipper he sales manager? Yep, yep. He sells I know. zippers? The only reason I know which one that is is because he looks like Colton. I don't know if you remember Colton Underwood. Yeah, he was like, The do. Bachelor. And um, me and my sister like to like do this thing when we watch The Bachelor where whenever someone comes out of the limo, we like immediately compare them to someone that we think they look like. And right when this guy came out of the limo, we were like, Colton, Colton. So we were just like calling him Colton, and then his name ended up being Cody. <laughs> which is pretty convenient. That should be easy for us to remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we have... Uh, software salesman James, who was in the box. Oh, that's right. I forgot about him. I thought that was interesting. Like, I, I was confused why he didn't just come out of the box right away. Yeah, I didn't get that either. I thought that that was a pretty interesting decision, but I mean, it worked out for him because he. But then, because when he did, all the guys were like jealous. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, "Oh God, this guy—he's a stud!" Like he made a good first impression and they were all like getting nervous yeah like the rest of this cast when i'm looking at it like nobody else stood out to me in their first episode and it's hard to when it's only two hours long and like the first 30 minutes are like katie like coming to like the resort and whatnot and like her whole like right process and everything so 
Oh wait, that's another thing I want to talk about. The location this season. I like it. Mexico, yeah, I like it. It's cool. Like I definitely think that I would like that better than like they were in Pennsylvania for with Matt, right? And they were in California. With Tasha. That one was cool too. The one in California. Yeah. I thought that that one was super nice. There wasn't much to Matt that I thought kind of. I kind of got the. Except I, I think both, like New Mexico and California, like these men are just gonna be like dripping in sweat the entire time. Which is there. part of probably why they do it. And like my favorite yeah. thing is like the last ten minutes were like of like the opening episode. They show like a compilation. Like this, these are the crazy things that happen. During yeah. the season, and it's like, oh, someone might get hurt during the season during one of the things. There's an ambulance. Oh, look, Katie looks happy. She's falling in love with someone. Oh, but now she's crying. She's upset with yeah. someone. Oh, no, they always, they the always show the good stuff, and then they show the sad stuff. Exactly. And then, but without fail, every time, they'll always show at least one clip of the bachelor or the bachelorette being like, I don't think I can do this. I, I'm, I'm, I'll walk. I'll walk out. I'll go. He's like, I'm packing my bag. Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, you're not. You're staying. Yeah. <laughs> There's no chance. Like, the only one that was believable was Claire's. Yeah, true. They always hook me, though. Like, even even though I know they're fake, I still watch them, and I'm like, oh, my God, this season's going to be so good. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what they do. They suck you in. I like, know. You can't watch the first episode and not get sucked into a season when you see a compilation like that, no matter, like, how, like, not that way it actually is. Right. No, I know. I- I'm excited. I'm looking forward to see what they do for group dates and one-on-one dates. I don't know yeah. if they're out into, like, the city around the area. Like, I'm not I'm not sure if they're going to travel. I don't think they are. Usually on normal seasons of The Bachelor, they, like, travel around the world in the last half of the season but i don't know if they did that with katie either i think the next season they'll start traveling again they should start like they should do like traveling around like the state and like different things that are maybe maybe unique to the state because like i feel like they can't stay at this resort in new mexico this whole time again like it's just so boring when they just stay at the resort and i know they had to do that obviously for tasha and matt of course it was like covid but now that you know things are getting better and i'm guessing a lot of the a lot of the guys and the crew is vaccinated like i think they should be able to uh go around except i'm not sure when this was filmed yeah i'm not sure either i didn't look that up but like i feel like it's a unique opportunity like they usually travel the world which is a really cool part of it that i actually haven't even experienced watching because i just started with claire and tasha's season yeah, which was the yeah. whole premise of our podcast, you being the expert and me being just the idiot who like kind of comments on it to make it funny. But I think it's a unique opportunity to like go to a specific location. Sure, you have a resort there, but then you like visit things around that state, around that area. Mm-hmm. That like, and they and they're failing to do it. And I understand that maybe COVID makes it a little complicated, but I'd I'd have to imagine with the budget that they have that they can make it work. And, right and even like maybe not the group dates but like i feel like for the one-on-ones they should be able to like go into the like whatever city they're near like go out to dinner you know and they they always tend to make that work so i don't know maybe we will see some more of that this season i'm hoping i'm looking forward to it because and i hate to compare this to like survivor but like i've been thinking like i've 
talking to people who are like getting into the show, they've been doing like their filming in Fiji since season thirty three. So like thirty three on has all been in the same island in Fiji, and you miss like the connection to some of the locations that they had before because they did so many cool places. Like they did China, they did Thailand. They oh, did yeah. Micronesia, Palau, like so many different cool locations, and then you just completely miss that. And I think that the like the Bachelor and Bachelorette are kind of missing that with not being able to go around the world. Oh and yeah, for sure. And they they pick every season. You know, it's not the same. Like they pick really cool places to go. Yeah. Like all like all over Europe, like Asia, South America. They go a lot of places. So. Which is, like, a unique opportunity, I think, for the contestant. Like, it's more romantic, too, like, when you're in, like, a different location. Like, sure, yeah. like, I guess, like, the resort, like, it's cool. Like, they're a part of the process, so, you know, if they're trying yeah. to fall in love, No, but especially thing, but... when it dwindles down to, like, the last, you know, five or six guys. Like, it's more fun to be abroad, but maybe, mm. maybe they'll travel throughout the states this season. I don't know. I hope they do because I think that that's it, it's at least an interesting layer that the show I think has been missing the last couple of seasons. I agree, yeah. Because there's only so much you can do trying to make it fun with the resort. Like I know that they did like the whole for the the hometown visits for Taisha. They had like the guys bring their hometown to them essentially, and like Jack right. did that hilarious. I hope that Katie is able to go to their hometown. That, yeah, I think that, for sure. I think because they do that, because they're just going to, you know, the family's house. Yeah, and it's like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I mean, they should be able to, like, I know they fly them out, but, like, they're the, the Bachelor. Like, can you not, like, get them, like, a private jet or something like that? Like, <laughs> yeah. You're telling me you don't have the money to, like, get these people to, like, their different locations safely? Yeah. No, no, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I forgot about that with hometowns, but I think that I bet they'll go to the hometowns this season, especially if the family's comfortable with it. Then, like, why not? Yeah, I think it makes sense to do it because I feel like you miss so much when you don't have it. Because mm-hmm. not like sure you can bring like the hometown to them, which is what they tried to do with Tasha, but it's just it's not the same thing. You know. No, it's not. And not as many people can go, usually. You don't like, really get to meet the family as they are. Yeah, I agree. So, like, when it's in a controlled environment, you might not be getting, like, what you think it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So, hopefully with that, with Katie, they'll be able to uh, go to the go to their hometowns. I'm curious. I'm curious to get to know these guys more for sure. I'm excited for the next episode. I'm really excited about it too. One guy who's actually like a part of this cast that isn't like a part of this cast right now is someone we both really like, Blake Moyne. Oh yes, yeah. So we get to see him again, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, like does like did they invite him or did he just come on his own? Like I don't know, but this like. That's kind of the same situation that happened when Heather came on Matt's season, if you remember that. Um, obviously, all the girls were very upset when Heather came, and I have a feeling all the guys are going to be upset when Blake comes. Yeah. But this is something that The Bachelor's never really done, you know? Like, if they do bring someone back from a previous season, they usually start with the other new guys. Like, they don't come in halfway. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that they're, they're doing that now, like, two seasons in a row. 
it is incredibly interesting though because like blake seemed like a really cool guy and i really liked him the fact that he's going to be like the center of like drama and attention just because he's coming back doesn't really fit his character they needed to do two people they needed one to like take all the bullets for him they needed to do blake and also have bennett (laughs) right or something or they could have had blake like I know it was probably Blake's decision, but they should have just had him come to from the start, you know, from yeah. one, because then they would have felt like they were all on the same, you know, playing field. Right. I, I never get why they have people like come in later. Like, uh, like I know that they're probably doing it to stir up drama because I mean, it's The Bachelor. Like they, they that franchise the always wants the drama, and I get it. You know, it's reality TV, but. Sometimes I feel like they try to stir up their own drama. And I'm like, I don't even think you have to do it in order to get drama. Right. I, I, I just think if they let let things play out, like the guys will create 25 guys, 20, 25 guys, there will be some drama. You're <laughs> you all know? vying for the same girl. Like, th- like you don't need <laughs> to create your own chaos. It'll happen on its own. You just got to give it right. some time. Right. That's like probably one of my biggest complaints is like how – that, that's another complaint I have with casting. It's like they always have to cast like, oh, someone who's absolutely going to be controversial. It's like you really don't have to do that for drama's sake. Like I know you're right. trying to create entertainment, but it's like you're casting like Victoria or Bennett. It's like we can see right through that. Yeah, that's very that seems always very intentional. Like, and then almost the audience kind of can just like guess it and be like, okay, well they were kind of cast for this reason. Whereas I like when drama starts you know like from the people that never seemed like they would be in drama like i think yeah. it's interesting, like more organic and not like oh let's cast this girl like victoria because she just seems like a drama like you cast someone specifically to be the villain and they come in and only do things to try and be the villain like it's 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 so shallow because this person comes in they're on a reality tv show they gain a ton of Instagram followers and Twitter followers. Yep. They become an influencer, and, like, that's that, mm-hmm. you know, and they provide the fake drama that everybody's looking for. You don't have to do that. You can get 20 to 25 or even 30 because that's what they start with. You can get 30 genuine people who want to fall in love with this person that you've cast as your bachelor or your bachelorette. Drama's going to happen on its own. Right. And I don't think, like, I agree. Like, you can find 30 people who want who are there to, you know, meet this girl. And I, I do think this is kind of a different topic, but I think it's fine to cast people, like, who seem genuine. And then when things don't work out, like, it's fine if they go on to be famous on Instagram. Like, I feel like yes. not, not many people are going on this show, like, solely for Instagram or solely for love. Like, if they find love, great. But if not, okay, then they got their name out there for their business or their brand or whatever they want. Yeah. It's one of the most frustrating things because you can easily like. That's my problem with it is it's so easy to snip out. They're so transparent with it. It's so easy yeah. to look at someone and be like, they are clearly here, just for the fame of it. Right. And then like I get it. Sometimes you get like the genuine people who are there for love reasons, and maybe they're not the most interesting people. But it's not hard to find someone who's interested who wants to be there for the right reasons, I don't think. Right, and like like you said before, there's literally, like, thousands of people applying for this. So, like, they definitely, I, I bet they, I know it's hard to go through them all and process them all, but I feel like they sometimes can do a better job picking out people or do more 
interviews to get to know, to get to know the people more before they cast them. Exactly, and that's a, a part of like how you vet someone because like not only are you casting people like for the wrong reasons at times, you also I don't think they do enough as far as looking into people's past when they mm-hmm. like Victoria had some charges like years ago like before she was on the show all right whatever i guess but then like the whole thing that comes out with rachel kirkconnell it's like how'd you not figure that out how'd you not find no, that out? And that's interesting too because a group of fans figured that out like first week into the show but like, you have a whole team of people picking these people and no one's looking on social media yeah and it, it, it is it's not just the bachelor who has this problem other reality tv shows have this problem it's just a problem in general that i get so frustrated with how do you hire this many people? You have an incredible budget. You make a comical amount of money off of this hilarious show. And you can't spend your own resources to get people to vet every single contestant you're considering to make sure that there's nothing controversial about them before you actually put them on the show. Right. No, I, I don't know. I don't know why they don't do that i mean minimum wage jobs can do that why can't the bachelor like yeah minimally like you they look through like records and stuff like i feel like there's a heavier vetting process to get a job at like mcdonald's than there are to get on some of these reality shows yeah no literally <laughs> it's unbelievable but maybe one day in the future they'll <laughs> maybe they learn from this rachel situation and maybe they are now i don't know we'll have to see what this group of guys brings um and future seasons too yeah but you never know yeah we got to give them some time before we continue to hop on their backs about it so hopefully they have made the correct changes but another Mm -hmm. part of the diversity campaign for both survivor and the bachelor is trying to get more diversity behind the camera as well obviously those are things that we can't see i hope that they have taken that initiative because I right. think that that also does help in terms of your recruiting process and how you analyze and film certain situations. Because obviously a lot of these shows come down to editing. There's so many different moments that happen in these shows. And it's up to you to tell the story. And how you tell the story is entirely up to your program. So right. you can have you know, a situation happen. There's like infinite different ways that you can tell that as a part of your story you can choose to show it or you can choose not to show it and if you do show it you can try and paint it in a certain light or you can try and paint it in a not so good light so no you're you're right those people behind the scenes have a lot more power than we realize because i mean it is two hours a week which seems like a lot but there's so much more footage i think than Mm -hmm. people realize so they have to decide you know what to put out there because it's 24-7. These guys are interacting all the time. Like, sure, you know, sure, they, they go to bed. But, like, if – so there's 30 guys, say, that like, they're all sleeping X amount of hours. I'd have to imagine that you've got guys together in some capacity probably at least 20 hours a day. Yeah. Because people sleep at different times. So that's only four hours a day that you're probably not going to have people together. Those 20 hours – for seven days a week that's so many hours that you have to just sift through to find your content and right. push it all together so there's so much that we miss and even on like, the, even on the group dates too like 
I'll notice, like, as I've watched over the years, you know, let's say there's 10 guys on a group date, and she talks to each of them, and they'll show, like, a minute of her talking to each of them. Mm-hmm. But then, she, uh, you know, they'll make some mention of how so-and-so's been gone talking to Katie for an hour. And it's, like, that's stuff you don't realize, that these yeah. group dates are hours long, and these guys are talking to her for half hour, 45 minutes. Like, we don't see barely any of that. I've always thought it would be, like, interesting. Like, I know that it'd be really hard to do. I've never seen the show Big Brother, but they do, like, the cameras, like, 24 hours. So, oh, like, yeah. They produce the show, but you can also, like, do, like, the live feed. I've always wondered if maybe that was something The Bachelor would ever consider. I don't think they'll ever do it. But no. it would at least give us more content, I think. They, they yeah. should also consider doing, like, behind-the-scenes things, too. Like, maybe videos yeah. that you put up on YouTube. Like, this wasn't included in the show, but here's more footage from this date, this date, you know. Yeah, and it this. might make some of these, you know, guys or girls, whatever, more likable to the people. Yeah. Because I, I understand that they have a tough job of, like, trying to frame the season the way that it is. Like, they they know who The Bachelor or The Bachelorette ends up with. We know who they don't end up with. It's about telling that story and including the important moments. And sometimes it's hard to paint someone who might be a good person in a good light if their significant moment of the season isn't necessarily that. Right. Right. Well, that's what tends to happen, too. Like, even with the villains, like, you'll see after their season, they're still friends with all the other contestants because, you know, those villainous moments are mostly just for the camera and few and far between. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, because, like, who's the other kid? Like, there's Bennett and the dude with the mustache that, like, who? Noah. Noah, yeah. Those two were going at all the time. And they were, like, hanging out, like, on his, like, yeah. on his Instagram. So, like, clearly it's not as bad as the show made out to seem. Probably right. more for the cameras than anything. Right. I just wish that the show was a little bit more genuine with that. And part of that, again, goes back to casting. If you cast genuine people, then you don't have that fakeness in terms of some of the moments. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Alrighty. So, um, do we want to talk about Katie a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, I'm going to be straight up. Matt's season was so boring that I really did. I really just stopped watching it probably after like the third episode. <laughs> so I don't even remember Katie that well. Uh, like, w- what do you remember about Katie that made you like excited for her to be the Bachelorette? I remember that she. Okay, so Matt's the girls on Matt's season were all very like. I don't want to use the word toxic, but they were just like all very mean to each other, mm-hmm. and, like mean in general. Yeah. And like anytime a situation like that happened. Katie would kind of step in and, like, help whoever was, like, you know, getting bullied or getting hurt. And she was very, like, why is everyone so mean? Like, why are we all being bullies? Like, why can't we just be nice to each other? She would tell Matt when things would happen, when there was, like, she would tell Matt when there was, like, in quotes, bullying in the house. And, like, she stood up for people who, you know, were all alone on, like, the receiving end of it. And everyone just really liked Katie for those reasons because she seemed very mature and unlike the rest, like, I mean, I'm sure she was just, like, normal in the grand scheme of things, but compared to the other girls who were on that season, she was much more mature than them. Right. So 
why people liked her. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Like Matt's season was hard to watch because a Matt was the bachelor, and nothing against Matt. He seems like a nice guy, but he's never done this before. So right, it was hard. He, he I don't think he understood the role. No, yeah. And like, he he's never been on the show before, so he didn't really know what to expect. And I think that he was absolutely in over his head. And it didn't help that the cast was terrible. Right. Because, again, you're casting people specifically for drama. And, like, you have to deal with Victoria, uh, you know, she's the queen, putting the tiara on her head, treating everybody like crap. Like, haha, like, you're the dummy, I guess. Do whatever you want, girl, I guess. But, like, there were so many other, like, the only people, the only one that I remembered that I liked was Abigail. Mm-hmm. I liked her, too. She and was great. And then she got sent home because she didn't have enough time with Matt, and he said he thought their connection was stronger than it was, but it wasn't, and she never got a one-on-one. It was terrible. I'm glad I didn't watch then. I would have been pissed. <laughs> but, yeah, it seemed like Katie was probably, like, one of the highlights, along with Abigail from Matt's season. And as well as Michelle, who's going to be the next Bachelorette, too. Has that been announced? But yeah, they oh. both came out um, last season and said they're both going to be Bachelorette. So Michelle's next, and I liked her a lot too. I don't remember. I'm going to have to look up Michelle. Now. You won't remember her because uh, she came. She was one of the girls who came in midway. Okay, so I absolutely have no clue who she is then. She was the final. She was the final two. One of the final, the second place. Girl. Wow. So she just yeah. missed out. And now Matt's back together with Rachel for some reason. Rachel, yeah, yeah, they are. What a weird dynamic that is. Yeah, I know. I can't imagine. I also hate that, like, getting back to, like, Chris Harrison. Like, obviously, he deserves all the flack that he got. Like, it, it did bother me, though, that, like, yeah, what he said was stupid, but he also got, like, way more flack than Rachel, who did the actual thing good, it seemed like. Yeah. No, yeah. Rachel had to deal with that for a week. It's been, like, months and Chris Harrison's still dealing with this. Yeah. Like I said, he deserves it. But it's like, I just wish you'd keep the same energy for both of them. Right. I agree. It's just frustrating, but I think that that's about it for this week's episode. We'll probably I know, I, I think we'll have more next week after we watch, but... Because we'll, we'll be able to analyze some of these guys a little bit more and mm-hmm. talk about their personalities and maybe what we expect from them. It's hard to get anything out of these guys literally night one i'm also not a big fan of like i wish like they would do night one and they wouldn't tell anybody but like right when they're about to do the rose ceremony they're just like everybody get the rose we're not sending anybody home night one i think that too because it's like these night one's probably mostly based on looks for the rose ceremony and it's like yeah like all of them should get some sort of chance yeah because like it's not like any of these guys are, like, really ugly. They're pretty, you know, they, it's a reality TV show. They don't purposefully cast ugly people. <laughs> so, like, sure. you're, you're pro- like, if you have the opportunity to, on day two, maybe interact with someone, and you're like, oh, I didn't expect that from them. Maybe I'm going to give them another chance, and then you just keep progressing along. That might be someone that you end up with. But you mm-hmm. wouldn't know because you get rid of them night one because maybe they're not as good looking as the guys to their left. 
Yep. Yep. I agree. And I think that they all should get a chance, but hopefully after week two, um, they'll, she'll cut off more slack. <laughs> Not that that sounds bad, but then we'll have a narrow, narrower selection of guys. A narrower selection because quite frankly, it's, it's either 22 or 23 right now. It's way too much to keep up with. Yeah. Way too many names to remember. Yeah. And it's, 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 we're either at 22 or 23 right now. And Blake hasn't even arrived yet. <laughs> yeah, true. So that's going to be a whole deal, and I'm excited to see that. But I think that's pretty good for this uh, first episode of season mm-hmm. two of the Rings and Roses podcast because we never really did math season because it was a <laughs> disaster. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> oh, real, actually, I'm lying. We could talk a little bit about how excited I am that Tasha's back. I adore Tasha. Oh yeah, yeah. I like Tasha, and I like I love Caitlyn too. I I didn't see Caitlyn's season, but I've been following her on Instagram. She's engaged to Jason Tardick, who's from Buffalo, who was on the show. Yeah, and I really like her. Yeah, and my my sister, God bless her heart, her she really likes her as well. But I actually want I want to get your thoughts on this. So we talked obviously about Chris Harrison. He's done. Do they find a a permanent replacement for him? Or do they maybe consider going with this pairing thing and maybe switch it up next season so when you have a bachelor, you can have a former male contestant and a former female so you get both perspectives? I think they are going to continue to switch it up. Like, I think they're going to be pulling a Jeopardy for a while and having, like, a bunch of different Bachelor celebrity hosts. Like, obviously not real celebrities. Well, they are having David Spade host bachelor in paradise oh can we talk okay yeah i forgot about that for a second can we talk david spade like what the hell? that is so random to me i don't understand i don't i mean it'll be funny but like why i thought i was getting punked when i read that on instagram <laughs> me too <laughs> i was i had to like re-look at my phone just to make sure i wasn't going nuts like where did they find like they're just how do you just randomly call up David Spade and be like, yo, dude, you want to do Bachelor in Paradise? I mean, I'm sure he wanted to do it. Like, might as well. I mean, good for him if, he, if that's something he wanted to do. That's just a hilarious person to do it. No, I know. I, I'm thinking, though, for, like, the main show, like, they're just going to switch every season. I like Tayshaun and Caitlin, though, right now. I think that's good. Because uh, Tayshaun just, like, I, you know me, I adore her. She just brings such a positive energy all the time. I love her. So, like, you just, like, I feel like my, like, TV just gets, like, brighter when she's on it. Like, she's just such a positive energy that I love to, like, see. And mm-hmm. I think that those two are perfect for Katie as far as giving advice. And, like, not only did they, like, give her a little bit of advice, but they also, like, were out of the way, too. Like, they weren't too involved with it, which I liked. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's good. It's just good, like, Katie has some girls to, like, hype her up, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, I also wouldn't mind them doing both sides of it, where you have one male and one female to get both perspectives. I think that that would Mm -hmm. be a really smart thing for them to consider doing. Yeah, and they might. You never know. We don't even know what to expect next season, so... Exactly. We'll have to see. And it's not like the host of The Bachelor or Bachelorette, whichever one you know, is it's not even like that's that huge of a job in terms of like what you do with the actual show. Like like Chris Harrison would like be like, All right, final words. Oh no, it's not hard at all. Yeah. I could do it. 
I know exactly what I would have to do. Yeah, so it's super easy. So you, it doesn't have to be that complicated. They don't really need to get a permanent full-time host, I don't think. Mm-mm. Not, not at least for now. It's definitely, like, a fun element to it that I'm actually enjoying. So I know it's only been one episode, but I really enjoyed it the first episode, and I think we're going to see them a little bit more throughout the season because, like, Chris was never really, like, the advice person. Like, it seemed like he would be, like, there for them, but I feel like Taysha and Caitlin will absolutely be there for for Katie when she goes through yep, tough times. Yep, yep. They know what she's experiencing, too, so they can relate. Right, Chris Harrison can never do that because he was never a bachelor. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, now we're done. Cause cool. I've got everything <laughs> out that I, I wanted to get out. We've touched just about everything. This is a pretty yep. good uh, first episode for this season. I'm definitely very excited uh, for this to continue next week. So be sure to join <laughs> next week. Uh, for the listeners out there, this has been Julia Barth and yours truly for the Rings and Roses podcast. Thank you very much.